we have a seismic 10 on the Richter scale change in the world of golf. Plus, later in the episode, some major news with big, if unclear, implications for the Oakland A's. It's Wednesday, June 7th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. On Tuesday morning, we got a historic announcement from the PGA Tour. Here to explain and unpack what's going on is front office sports writer Doug Greenberg. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, Owen. Yeah, it is. My day just got completely turned on its head. Maybe my whole week just got completely turned on its head. Yeah, this is more than a one day thing. Um, So uh, let's take it from the top. What happened? Effectively, the PGA Tour put out a press release saying that the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, which is otherwise known as the European Tour um, and Live Golf are merging. Uh, absolute bombshell that just came completely out of nowhere. I don't think anybody saw this coming. AJ Perez, our, our colleague, is very well connected on his, this. He was he was completely blindsided. He he thought that the, that Liv was you know uh, preparing for the rest of the season, the rest of its life. Um, I, I think that this was kept extremely close to the chest um, by both entities and. Well, and really all three entities because the DP World Tour is also is also involved. But that's the basis of it is, you know, the, the biggest thing that we know right now is that these three entities are going to merge. They're going to be a single entity focusing on global golf, focusing on team, uh, you know, to some extent going to be focusing on team golf, collectively owned for profit. Um, and, and yeah, it's uh, again, like you said, it's just a totally seismic shift. This has been the biggest story in golf business maybe ever and suddenly it just completely came to a head today so that that's that's basically the that's the gist of it yeah yeah i'll fill in a couple little details before we get into why this was just completely you know mind-blowing to to wake up to uh so the the chair of this new entity will be yasser al-rumiyan who is the governor of the public investment fund that's saudi arabia's uh sovereign wealth fund with all the money in the world and um, as another detail I just caught in this is that the uh, the Sovereign Wealth Fund will have the right of first refusal on new investments in the merged tour, meaning if you want to invest in this thing, the, the public investment fund gets to say, actually, we're going to take that investment. We're going to further invest ourselves in this. They have incredible control over global golf now going forward. Uh, which was something that the PGA Tour, um, if had you checked in yesterday, I'm sure they would have said, we absolutely don't want this. We want to be the, you know, the center of golf. We, that's what we built up says. And um, the Live Golf is just, you know, they were saying until very recently, Live Golf is just Saudi Arabia sports washing its checkered humans, human rights record and not trying to make a profit. Now, all of a sudden, they are a single entity. It, it, again, yeah, it's it's so bizarre. Um, you know, we I, I had talked with sources from PGA Tour and Live recently, and especially from the PGA Tour's perspective, you know, I had even just asked them about I didn't even ask them about a merger. I didn't. Ask, I, it was so far from my mind. I wasn't even thinking about it. And I just said, do you see yourselves doing an event, you know, just an event like a standalone event with the PGA Tour and Live Golf? And, you know, sources within the PGA Tour were basically like, no, emphatic, emphatically no. They were like, they had no interest in doing this. So, again, it's it's another reason why this is just so, it just came out of nowhere, um, you know. And, you know, I think the reasoning behind some of it, and again, this is all just speculation at this point, 
But, you know, I think maybe PIF kind of saw the writing on the wall, um, especially after Brooks won the PGA Championship and there really wasn't a whole lot of change um, in terms of Liv's popularity. I, I think they were like, it's time to it's time to end this thing. Um, you know, we've we've had it going for long enough. Um, again, this is all just speculation at this point. You know, I think another aspect of this from the PGA Tour's perspective, why the PGA Tour would probably want to get this done is that the the lawsuits were not looking great for them. And, and AJ would know a little bit more about this as well. But um, there was a good chance they were going to lose the antitrust lawsuits against Liv, against Liv Golf or being brought um, on by Liv Golf. So they had some incentive to get this done as well. Um, you know, just one more detail to throw in as well is as far as we know, these changes aren't even really going to go in effect into effect until next year. Um, we understand that the three tours are all expected to finish their seasons as is. Um, and then after the season's over, there's going to be a quote fair and objective process for, um, live players to reapply to the PGA tour and the DP world tour. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. We will obviously be continuing to follow this story as we get more details. The detail I am waiting on is how much money is being invested by the PIF. We shall see. Doug Greenberg, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yep. Thanks, Owen. We will uh, keep following this as it develops. On deck, we have former Marlins president David Sampson on the latest news with the Oakland A's, who maybe aren't going to Vegas after all. We'll have that conversation next. On Monday night, the Nevada legislature ended their legislative session without voting on a bill to fund the A's stadium. And now the team is once again in limbo. There will be a special session, but early reports are that the A's bill will probably not be taken up during that session. Joining us now to figure out what happens next is former Marlins president and host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. Welcome, David Sampson. How are you doing? Doing great. A little, little exhausted having tracked all this last night. <laughs> Stayed up to make sure that nothing was going to happen. My story was still current. But uh, but yeah, doing good. So your reaction to this latest chapter here? I've been there. I was in Tallahassee trying to get money from the state and waiting. The session was coming to an end. We were waiting for the bill. We were told maybe we're going to hear it the last day, the last hour, the last minute. You're hoping for no gavel. The gavel comes. You go immediately to special session and you're told no chance. Special sessions are only called, remember people voted into government don't like working extra. A special session means they have to come back. And of course I'm being general, but special sessions are special. And in Nevada, they've got to take care of a capital issue. They've got to take care of the budget. It's all things that are actually quite a bit more important than funding a baseball stadium for a team that has not even formed an agreement to, or gotten permission to relocate. So the special session was never going to happen and it's not happening. So now what? You can wait to get state money next year. The legislature will reconvene and that's possible. Or you can leave the state, which is what we did to Tallahassee and make a deal locally. But in Oakland, what they've learned and in Vegas, what they've learned is it takes some time to get a deal together. So here's what I think is going to actually happen. The next thing you're going to see is negotiations reopen with Oakland. It doesn't that make the most sense? It's the open door right now. 
and and for me, I understand what the mayor said. I don't want to deal with John Fisher. I understand John Fisher saying we tried, we spent millions of dollars, and we can't get a deal done. This is normal. This type of back and forth, the frustration, it happened with us over years. In Florida, Wayne Huizenga tried, John Henry tried, and then under Jeffrey Lurie, we finally got it done. But it was well over a decade in the making. So that's why I never was really panicked that Oakland was going to move to Vegas. And on top of that, no relocation fee, that's not going to happen. Yeah, there was that funny little bit that sort of came out right near the end where the team was saying, we'll only waive the relocation fee if we get public money. And so it's basically Manfred, assuming that's true, Manfred saying, you have to keep this precedent of new stadiums get public money or you have to pay another whatever it is, half a billion on top of this. Well, baseball had a lot at stake here. So not just because of Oakland and the possibility of them relocating. What you really want is to make sure that Las Vegas is still available as an expansion city. So what Rob had to make sure is that it was not a no vote. He was okay with not having a vote, but having it come to the floor and being voted down would have been even worse because it would have eliminated Vegas, not just for the A's, but for any possible expansion team. So now there's a little more time. And during this time, you can either get a fully baked deal in Las Vegas or reopen talks and get a deal done in Oakland, where the difference in the bid and the ask really was not that large. So there was a lot of ego involved, a lot of feelings, a lot of emotion. But once you get right to the very end, which is really where they are, because remember our date, which we talked about on your show, January of 24, there has to be a deal done by then, not June of 23. So we're getting close to the very end. So you're going to see some activity in Oakland. Right. And that January date is when they lose their revenue sharing, assuming you know MLB sticks to its guns there. Any possibility of a third city somehow jumping into the mix here? I do not believe so. I think that starting the city now, I don't think that the commissioner wants to get a third city involved for the simple reason that he doesn't want to go through this process with another potential expansion city. He'd like to leave everyone sort of on par for expansion. So then you get the maximum competition when they're trying to get an expansion team. And that's when you get a better public-private partnership. And that's when you get a higher expansion fee because potential owners have more money to give to existing owners and because they don't have to put as much into a stadium. So all of this is part of a plan to maximize money to existing owners, which really is the commissioner's job. So one path is somehow try to make this work in Vegas still. Another is come crawling back to Oakland and say, let's make a deal, maybe a smaller deal, because I have to wonder if they're actually up for that $12 billion thing they initially had planned. Um, another path potentially, at least for fish, as far as, you know, A's owner, John Fisher is concerned, sell the team. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you think, on the table? You know, every team is always for sale, no matter what Jerry Jones or Hal Steinbrenner says. If someone walks in with $20 billion, I think Jerry Jones would consider selling the Cowboys. So would John Fisher sell the team? Is Maybe. Is he being forced to sell? Absolutely not. This does not rise to anything close to Dan Snyder or Marge Schott or Donald Sterling or any of the people who've been forced to sell their franchises, Bob Sarver. What's happening with John Fisher is he brought his payroll down because he doesn't have enough revenue. His team of minor leaguers is not very good. The attendance is not good. 
but all of that will change with their next open window of competing and having a new ballpark that's actually being built so the community can again invest in their team. So there's no irreversible damage here right now. So I don't think John will sell. And yeah, actually, I wanted to get into this part of it. Do you think there is some design flaw where Manfred works for the owners? He, you know, and until they take him up to that Dan Snyder point, he does what they want him to do, essentially. But that can lead to a situation where you have a team where there's there's no investment in the actual team. They've got this relocation process that has tried to go in every possible direction and not actually gotten anywhere and looks pretty badly mismanaged at this point. Is Should there be an incentive that Manfred has to get this ship in gear um, before it gets to a point of, you know, racism, sexism, the stuff that pushed out other owners? I guess I would say this. When you look at this process and you say it's been mismanaged, what I would say is the PR has been mismanaged. I don't believe the relocation or the attempt to get a stadium deal done has been mismanaged because again, I've done it, it takes years. There's fits, there's stops, there's starts, there's anger, frustration. But I was always there to meet the media. I am blown away as I sit here that I have not yet been able to see, and maybe I've missed it because there's so much on the internet, but I've not seen a statement by the commissioner or by John Fisher or even the president, because that's probably Dave who will give the statement in a negative situation like this. There's got to be PR out there to keep people understanding what's happening, because otherwise we all say, well, this looks like a complete mismanagement. But truly, these are the steps that are required. Remember, you have to get right to the edge where you're hanging on by your fingernails before you actually get a public-private deal done. I get that the that you know they're just playing the game. They're you know working their leverage as best they can. The part that feels mismanaged to me is you know they do things like they have what they call a binding deal at the Red Rock site, and then twenty days later they switch to the Tropicana and they switch how much money they want, and um, and they then they put out these renderings of what's supposed to be nine acres that that can't actually be nine acres and a retractable roof that might just have to be a permanent roof because of the airport, and it just it feels like. If you were like truly managing this like as as well as you possibly could, you would have figured out these details even if we didn't know about them. When we finally saw the finished product, be like, oh, okay, that's what they were up to this whole time. When we see what they're up to this whole time, it's like, did you just like tell an AI generator to make me a stadium? Because that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. So we're seeing a little bit too much of how the sausage is made. And it would have been way better if they had had a completed deal and had a real understanding of what site they were going to use. And they weren't doing the intermediate steps, but they were doing that because they were trying to make sure that Oakland knew and MLB was helping them to make sure Oakland knew that Oakland wasn't the only option. So that's why you get the word out there that there's talk with another city with Vegas, but all the different sites in Miami, I would say baseball and the three owners who tried looked at 15 or 20 different sites all during the process. I had many press conferences where I was talking about sites that weren't the Orange Bowl where Marlins Park eventually ended up. So these steps do happen. It does feel this way, though, when you're looking back on it. But during it, the reason why you communicate what you're doing is really to keep the leverage going in order to get to the finish line. And do the A's still have leverage here? It kind of feels like they just need to take the next good deal that comes on their table. Oh, I don't agree. I think they do have leverage. There's only 30 Major League Baseball teams. And we're a couple of years, maybe from 32. That is a very, very small group. And once the city loses a team, think about it from Oakland's perspective. 
Do they want to be the city? Does that mayor want to be the mayor where there's a city that lost its basketball, its football, and its baseball team? Is that the type of city? Do you attract corporate investment? Do you attract corporations? Does it help with your property values? To be a major league city, you need a major league team, among other things. And so I believe that the redevelopment at the Howard Terminal, all of the deal that John Fisher was trying to do, that makes sense for that area. And I've always thought that's where it was going to end up. But putting a complicated deal like that together takes time, which is why they're getting right to the edge, which is January. One quick note, when we say January is the deadline, I say it because of both revenue sharing, which means that after January of 24, the A's could lose their revenue sharing if they don't have a completed stadium deal somewhere. But I also say it because they need a completed stadium deal by then in order to open in theory for 2027. And they're very close to losing 27 already. And every year that it's delayed, is another year where teams are supporting the A's because they get so much in revenue sharing. Yeah, fascinating stuff. David Sampson, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. That's it for today. This was the craziest news day we have had in a long time. The drama on the court moves to Miami, who's hosting game three of the NBA Finals tonight. Subscribe so you do not miss a beat. We're coming at you with the biggest stories where sports meets business every weekday. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.